Just count the days, the years, and so forth. You'll find that this wonderful creation that God made stood for 1,656 years before God saw the wickedness of man's heart was only evil continually from his youth. And when he saw that, he said, The end of all flesh is come up before me. It repenteth me that I have made man on the earth. Well, you say, well, did that mean that God changed his mind? No, that did not mean that God changed his mind. That meant that God was not pleased with what man had done since he was created. Notice, God created man in the image and likeness of God himself. But... After sin entered the world, and I, I have a dear friend in Harold Hunt in Tennessee uh, that uh, it made this statement concerning that, and I, I said, Brother Harold, that is a jewel. He said, to prove to you how bad that fall was, in the beginning, Adam was wise enough that he could name every creature that God made. But afterward, when he had sinned, he was stupid enough that he thought by making some aprons out of fig leaves and hiding behind the trees, he could hide from God. Now, I'll say, Brother Harold, again, amen and amen. But that's a good example of how far down man fell at that time. But... When God, and a principle that I want to set forth before I go any further, and that is that any time that God brings a judgment upon any individual, any nation, any church, it's going to be after he has sent a warning. After he has sent a warning. And he always sends that warning to the right person. He doesn't send it uh, to the wrong person. But in this case, he tells, and and the scripture says, and Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Well, I want you to know 
It wasn't because Noah was such a goody boy that God found him, but God knew of this man, and Noah was a man who lived and who believed God. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that Noah, being warned of God of things as not yet seen, as not yet seen, moved with fear to the preparing of an ark wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Now, and so I want to recognize the, a purpose that's important. And contrary to what is commonly believed, and yes, there are individuals who want to make that flood localized, a local flood. A local flood will not stand the test of time. A local flood is impossible to prove. For one thing, water is a very liquid. Does water ever run uphill? Water always seeks its own level. It always, as a matter of fact, it, that was the earliest method of, lo, of leveling that there was was the water level. Now, here's my point. God's going to send a lot of water upon the earth. But God has a purpose. Contrary to doctrines that are being taught in the world today, God never intended to save everyone. God never intended to save more than those that he did save in the flood by Noah building the ark. As a matter of fact, I don't think it's just any accident that that number of individuals who were saved was eight. Eight in God's book is the number of new beginnings. You see, God did not put them in the ark to live for a while and then when the water dries up and so forth, they go back out and resume and never live any further. No, this is a pivotal, pivotal thing. Now, here's Noah and his wife, his three sons and their wives. And those three sons are the foundation of the rest of humanity for the rest of time. So what I'm saying is that little incident called the flood is a critical, pivotal point. Now, when that took place, I wonder, aside from what I have already mentioned, what were God's feelings toward that whole thing? Now, he knows he's going to destroy a great deal. But he's going to save a few. Now, which is worse? And individuals today get so sentimental and so nonsensical that they don't pay any attention to what God's book says about the God in heaven. Okay? Now, here's my point. God was just in, in destroying that entire world. He had created it in the first place. 
and he created it for a divine purpose. Now, I want to look at this situation because we see that that is a turning point in all humanity. But I want to go to the various sources of water that occurred that took place. The first thing he tells us was that the the deep the waters of the deep were broken up. You say, well, how how can water go up? Well, when you have volcanic eruptions that take place and I recall uh, probably 12 to 15 years ago now, the tsunami that hit Indonesia and literally destroyed that entire country was caused by a volcanic eruption underneath thousands of miles away from where the destruction took place. Now, when the fountains of the deep broke up, that tells me that those individuals heard they had no warning, but it came and destroyed. And in the time of the flood of Noah, that the fountains of the deep were broken up, that says, here's water coming. Now, Noah's been warned ahead of time, by the way, and this was not an overnight project. This is about a 120-year project that Noah spent, and he's called a preacher of righteousness. He's preaching about things that have not been seen. Now, you can imagine how those individuals who were hearing this man preaching about God's going to send rain, he's going to destroy this earth with a flood, those individuals thought, that old man, he must be crazy. Well, I want you to know that Noah wasn't crazy but he built that ark. Why did he build that ark? The scripture says that Noah, being warned of God, moved with fear to the preparing of an ark, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Now, I want to say that when Noah was doing that work, by the way, he didn't have all the machinery and everything that we have today, but and I want to dispel one little rumor that goes around, and that is, and we are very subject to this tendency, and that is that, well, we have to be the smartest generation ever. Well, I got news for you. Let's go back to Father Adam. Could you name every animal that God placed on the earth? And he didn't have an encyclopedia to refer to. My point is that... Those men, not only did Adam have that kind of knowledge, but how long did he live? They lived roughly 900 years. Now, if you had 900 years to gather information versus the short lifespans that we have today, uh, could you be, perhaps, might, you might be a little smarter? I would, I would hope so. Now, my point is, that the fountains of the deep were broken up, and that's a source of water. But finally, when, when the ark is built, and I've got ahead of myself, but let's go. When the ark was complete, and God said to Noah and his family, Come thou into the ark. And I'm glad he said, Come thou into the ark. He did not say, Go into the ark. 
He said, come thou into the ark. That tells me that God was already in the ark. And when he tells Noah to come into the ark. Now, if he's, if God's already in the ark, is Noah and his family in any danger in the ark? No, it'd be impossible for anything to damage them in any way. Now, when they come into the ark, the Lord shut the door. And I want you to know, when the Lord shut the door, they are secure in that ark. There's no, no way that harm is going to come to any of them. But my point is, that, wor- that first world that was then, Peter refers to this in Second Peter chapter 3. He says, the world that then was, standing in the water and out of the water, being overflowed by water, perished. And that word perished, by the way, means it was destroyed. Okay? Now, what I'm saying is, that world that was, and I want to deal with that localized idea momentarily. Now, what's the tallest mountain on this earth? Everybody ought to know it's Mount Everest. There are many individuals who have died in attempts to scale Mount Everest. There have been some individuals who have been successful in scaling Mount Everest. And I don't mind telling you, I'm coward enough, I wouldn't even try it. Uh, If I were physically able, I wouldn't try it. I think that's where common sense overrules uh, individuals in their thinking. Now, my point is... How deep were the flood? The flood waters, by the way, it it rained for forty days and nights. That's a pretty good while. Now we don't know. Now I do know. He also says the windows of heaven were open, and that's not just rain. That's not just rain. That vapor canopy that was in the original creation, and you're going to find that back in Genesis chapter. Two and three. That vapor canopy literally collapsed. Prior to that time, this earth was literally like one giant terrarium. Now, if that's a term that you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll explain to you. About 20 years ago, there was a craze that came about of selling terrariums. And all a terrarium was, was they would take a jar... They'd put some soil in it. They'd put a seed in it. They'd put a little moisture in it, and they'd seal it up. And lo and behold, those seeds would sprout. They would survive in that terrarium. Well, the earth that God created was like one giant terrarium. Okay? Now that you say, are you sure about that? Yes, I am. Because... 1,656 years with no rain, with no rain, there was a mist that went up from the earth because it's all sealed in. It's protected. Yet, God who built it knew how to tear it down. Okay? Now, we see then 
that Noah built that ark. And I want to point out some things that you may have, may have missed. I've missed them several times. And that is, there's such a thing as election is taught in this situation with the flood. Because God tells Noah who's to go into that ark. It's for Noah and his wife and his three sons and their three wives. And I don't see Noah pleading, God, don't you want somebody else in here? No, 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 no. Hear me carefully. This is a prelude to salvation by grace. Okay? Now, if you, if you can't see God's salvation by grace involved in this flood, in this ark that God commanded him to build, and by the way, he tells him what kind of wood he's supposed to use in building this, now, there might, there might have been some unusual characteristics. Having done a lot of woodwork myself, I realize that there are many, every wood has its own characteristics that differentiate from one another. And I don't know what gopher wood is, but I know that was what he was told to build it out of. He was told to make it three stories high. He was told how long it was to be, how high it was to be and how wide it was to be and he was to bring all the animals in the into the into the ark and people have the question well how did he get all those wild animals in the in the ark those animals weren't wild at that point in time now the reason i say that man was a vegetarian up to that point in time you need to recognize that the word meat, M-E-A-T, in many cases does not mean meat like we think about it, beef or anything else. It was simply food. Okay? Now, he told him that all the plants that you have, they're meat for you. But after the flood, after the flood, the environment has changed. If you haven't caught it, this world that we live in today is not the same one that was before the flood. This is, and this world, and I thank God that this world is kept in store by the power of God. And we are protected by a sovereign God. Now, we, we see in this situation, election is taught. Salvation by grace and the division of the nations. And God is not a nondescript God. God is a discriminating God. Okay? Now, and today's world, I find some people think that, well, God had to save everybody. But I got news for you. God created this universe and he's going to save whom he will. I never will forget a time many years ago, our baby daughter, who's now 50, uh, two, was born, but she came into the bedroom. She had a habit. All children have their own habits. And her habit was, 
uh, we typically go to bed around 10 o'clock. And we'd get in bed, and the, all of a sudden the lights come on. And it's Kathy. She comes in. She plops down right between mother and dad. I want to talk. And this particular night, she says, Daddy, I have a question. And I said, okay, what's your question? She said, if we weren't saved before God made us, why did God make us? Now, this is a 10-year-old, mm-hmm. and I'd much rather have some elevated preacher ask me a question because you want to answer that question. I said, honey, please give me some time to think about that. Now, yes, it's like I'm called flat-footed and don't know what to say. No, that's not the case. But I want her to understand in terms that she can relate to that God is sovereign God is responsible for all life on this earth. And God will save out of that people. He will save those whom he wants to save. And those whom he does not save, he will condemn to everlasting punishment. And what we don't realize is that we would also have been condemned to everlasting punishment had not Christ stood in our place. Hebrews chapter 7 says, For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens. Yes, and he has a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. The point I want you to see with this flood was that this is not just a man making a boat. He takes 120 years, and I've got a feeling that he's probably spent as much time preaching as he did working. And that doesn't mean that he put this other off, but he's also probably asking, how? How do I go about this? He doesn't have the power machinery and all that stuff, but he builds that ark, and when when the ark is finished, and all the meal is, all the food for all the creatures are in that ark, because it's he's going to, It's going to carry them through the flood. Now, they spend a year and ten, a year, one month, and ten days in that ark. That's a long trip. Now, I've noticed in my study of geography that many cities change names several times and certain locales will change names several times. But interestingly enough, the Ark of Noah sat down on the mountains of Ararat. You know what that mountain range is still called today? It is still called Ararat. Okay? A lot of people have tried to find that Ark. I don't think they'll ever find it. Now, you say, well, what difference would it make? Did they find Jesus' body? No, they didn't. But watch this carefully. He spent 40 days and 40 nights upon this earth after his resurrection. 
And before he ascended back to glory, before he ascended back to glory, he told his apostles to tarry, you wait at Jerusalem until, until you be endued with power from on high. And those individuals, those, those apostles, those faithful apostles of his, spent a lot of those days trying to decipher what he was telling them. And I'm going to say that it, and we are in the same situation today, that those individuals needed God's grace to understand what he was telling them. He had told them before. They could not comprehend that he would lay down his life and take it up again. They could handle him die. They, they even resisted the thought that he would die. But he wasn't, being, he wasn't satisfied with just dying. No, no, no. What happened? What, what was caused by his dying? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. No, I haven't forgotten my subject. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2 says, For as much, I'm in verse chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2, For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death, through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now I want you to realize that when Christ died, when Christ died, there were individuals who were shouting happy. Because we finally got rid of that imposter. But I want to Observe. I want to see various observances of that particular time. Because this howling mob that cried out for his crucifixion, Pilate sends a, I won't say a cadre of soldiers, because that has a specific number. But there was at least 100 plus soldiers that were there. And when the earthquake took place and the moon turned to blood and all the things that took place at his death, that centurion and those who were with him said, surely this man was the son of God. That's what he was being crucified for, was for being the son of God. Because as far as they were concerned, that was blasphemy. It would be impossible for him to be the son of God. Well, I got news for you. Scripture supports that says that he was the son of God. Now, I'll go back to Hebrews chapter 5 momentarily. Hebrews chapter 5, it says, though he were a son, though he were a son, Jesus came to this earth and he had the name Jesus because he was the Savior of his people. But he also had a name called the Son of Man, which was a messianic term referring to God's deliverance coming 
at God's set time. Okay? Now, and in that situation, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. I wondered once about that situation. I said, well, uh, is there any chance they would not obey him? No, because they're dead and he's giving them life. Okay? Now, here's my point. That flood came and destroyed the world that then was. And the changes, I want to look at those changes quickly and, and get ready, Brother Mark Ward. I'm about I'm trying to tie up loose ends with this situation. That when the famine gets out on this side of the ark, the world is totally different. And I'm just going to give you some things that are important. We have a atmosphere that we can live in in this present time. There would not be sufficient oxygen to handle the, and the question comes up, and sometimes our people make stupid answers trying to solve a problem. But you need to have an appropriate answer. And individuals say, well, dinosaurs never lived, never lived. That, that's just a rumor. Well, I got news for you. Those bones came from somewhere. <laughs> now, I'm not afraid to take on the evolutionists when it comes to their having lived. Those, yes, those dinosaurs did live, but they, and don't call them prehistoric. Mm-hmm. Don't call them prehistoric because they marched through this earth the same time man did. And if you haven't, if you don't believe me, go down to Glen Rose, Texas. Go to Glen Rose, Texas. I have been there. And visit the Dinosaur Museum and see where the footprints of human footprints and dinosaur footprints were both imprint in the same rock. Okay? So... As far as I'm concerned, that's sufficient proof that they were both here at the same time. Now, we watch man, those those who came out of the ark. Those who came out of the ark populated the rest of the world. And I'll just hit it quickly and you can have it, Brother Ward. And that is, Shem, Shem was the one who... Abraham and the promises came through. Okay? Ham, Ham was the one who was in Africa. That's where the black race came from. And Japheth was the general Caucasian European Gentiles. And it says of Japheth, he shall enlarge Japheth and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem. That's a prophecy saying that these Gentiles who were on the outside are going to dwell in God's house. Okay? 
He shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem. Shem, remember, was Abraham's father. So I hope I haven't confused you with these things. But take the time to go home and do some deep study on that flood and the ark. And the flood could have come and destroyed everything, but God made a provision. And I'm thankful that God always, in every case, makes a warning beforehand. And I I do want to catch one thing before I close. Abraham, when God appeared to Abraham and said, Shall I hide from Abraham that which I'm about to do? Because he's about to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, where Abraham's nephew Lot was. And Abraham asked God a simple question. He said, Wilt thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? Wilt thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? Put this one down and remember it. God said, I will not destroy the righteous with the wicked. Mm -hmm. That does not say that the righteous may not die with the wicked. But God will not destroy the righteous with the wicked. You say, I don't see the difference. The difference is one of them happens outside of what God is doing. The other one, God is doing And God promises that he will not destroy the righteous with the wicked. Come ahead, Brother Ward. 